Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with Kent. For Thursday, May 27th, 2021, we're brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry, Sedation Dentistry. That's the answer. If you've got a lot of dental work that needs to be done and you don't want to be around to have it done, you want to sleep through it, Sedation Dentistry, nobody better at it than Dr. Mike O'Neill. 317-849-2933 is the number. Punch subscribe, hit like, Ring the bell. Let's talk about sports on this utterly gorgeous Thursday morning during race week in central Indiana. We like it when the weather's good for race week, whether or not fans can be out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in mass or not. Let's talk about Indiana basketball. Do you know the New York Knicks won a playoff game last night? You know the last time the Knicks did it? 2013. Who is the head coach? Mike Woodson. You know why Mike Woodson was a, a very successful NBA head coach, did a terrific job with the Hawks, did a really good job with the Knicks, because he sets standards and he enforces them. He talked about that this week. He had a media availability, and he talked about Jerome Hunter and why Jerome Hunter is no longer with the Indiana program. And the primary reason that Jerome Hunter is not there, according to Woodson, is that Mike Woodson was a bad fit for Jerome Hunter, and Jerome Hunter was a bad fit for Mike Woodson. That caused Jerome Hunter to leave the program, or be asked to, and he is now with Xavier. He's a good kid. You learn as you're young that you need to adhere to standards. And if you are lucky enough to have a leader who enforces the standards that he creates, then you've got a chance. You got a chance to become an adult. And I think that this process is leading Jerome Hunter toward adulthood, and it's also leading the rest of the Indiana Hoosiers toward adulthood and toward a very successful 2021-2022 season. You've got to have standards, and those standards don't just need to be communicated verbally and written on a smart board. They need to be communicated through action and enforced through action. And Indiana is doing that 
with Mike Woodson as the head coach. Jerome Hunter gone, you can bet that that got the attention of everybody in that program and everybody who wants to work at the level that Jerome Hunter was incapable of working at is happy with this change. Maybe not that Jerome Hunter is necessarily gone, but that the, the coaching staff doesn't have to spend a lot of time and effort trying to get compliance from a guy who had no interest in complying and was a bad fit to begin with, with their leadership. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that Jerome Hunter isn't going to flower and blossom at Xavier. What it means is he was a bad fit for Indiana. Good for Mike Woodson. Good for Indiana. Good for the players who are still there figuring out what it is to be a Hoosier under Mike Woodson. Good for Mike Woodson. Uh, Hate to see the guys who've left, right? Love to see the guys coming in. I want to see that team coalesce. A lot of talk about the 1980 Hoosiers and the 1981 Hoosiers. Do you know the difference? And, and talk about the talent level on the 80 team being better than the talent level on the 81 team that won a national championship. It's true. The 80 team was more talented. But as Bob Knight was able to trust Isaiah Thomas at a higher level and just turn the keys over to him, and Landon Turner decided, hey, I'm going to be the best Landon Turner I can be, that 1981 team was more able to sustain the standards that Bob Knight created in Bloomington that led to that championship. That's how you win championships. The Indianapolis Colts understand this. They have created a culture of standards. And the more we listen to the guys out on West 56th Street during these OTAs, the more you realize that the Colts' culture is really, really smart and, and has recruited drafted, uh, become a target of players who agree with those standards and with that culture. And it's really fun to listen to these guys talk about what they're doing in an effort to win a championship. Whether it's Quentin Nelson or Carson Wentz or, you know, good heavens, Jonathan Taylor or T.Y. Hilton or Michael Pittman or, or Darius Leonard or DeForest Buckner or Quiddy Pay or any of these guys that we've heard over the last couple of weeks, you understand that they haven't been coached to say what they're saying. They're saying what's in their heart, and what's in their heart is that they want to ball out for not just the Colts, not just teammates, not just coaches, but as part of their DNA, right? That's who they are. They are competitors. They're not guys at the, at the ATM making withdrawals, they're willing to make deposits in order to get the result playing in the NFL that they crave, and that results a championship, and it is a cool thing to watch, and I know that to this point, including the postseason, Chris Ballard is 33-34 and as the GM at the Indianapolis Colts, but I really think that this thing's special, and I think it's an interesting experiment by Jim say Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, to try to put together Guys willing to sacrifice for the common good of their team. What are they going to, it's going to be determined by talent, certainly, but what characteristics they have decided on West 56th Street to put together as as the Indianapolis Colts, critical to whether they're going to succeed or fail. And I think we're going to see success this year, and it's why I think they're going to win 11 or 12 games. I said 12 on the Dan Dockett show on 107.5 The Fan yesterday because Dan kind of 
said, hey, why don't you make it? Come with a number. Don't just say 11 or 12. Pick one. All right. I pick 12 because it's May. And what are you going to do? They're going to win 11 or 12 games. And I think they've got the talent level to win maybe nine. Go nine and eight. But I think it's those characteristics. It's that love of the game, love of competing, love of sacrificing for the whole that's going to carry them to a higher level and maybe a championship standard that is set and met here in central Indiana for a few years to come. you got to have a quarterback. You have to have defensive hellraisers who get to the opposing quarterback. you got to have an offensive line. you got to have a running game. you got to have guys who can catch balls, right? But you've also got to have guys who are willing to be in that building day after day after day working and sacrificing in order to meet the challenges that that team as an organization is set. And I think that these guys are uniquely built toward that end. I've seen that locker room when it wasn't so. That locker room is a really good place for for the media, for the coaches, for the players, for everybody with the organization. And I think they're going to win a lot of games. Brian Bowen, lately of the Indiana Pacers, no longer a Pacer, had his suit against Adidas and, you know, Gatto and Code and all of these guys dismissed yesterday because it didn't meet the standards of a, of a RICO lawsuit. And, and so Bowen trying to get some cash uh, because his life was inexorably changed by those who tried to prey upon him for their own greedy needs, including his father, wasn't named in the lawsuit, but tried to extract money from shoe guys and from the Louisville coaching staff, guys like Kenny Johnson, in order to secure Brian Bowen's services for Louisville basketball. Uh, No doubt, Bowen's career was derailed as a result of all of that greed. Let this be a, a kind of a cautionary tale for families looking to cash out early because of a child's talent level. Don't try to extract money before that money is, uh, is rightfully offered and gotten. Don't do that to a kid. Don't think, here's our payday. You got a 17-year-old who can play basketball or football or baseball or whatever, hockey. Don't, don't cash checks based upon that kid's abilities to play a game. Enjoy watching the kid play a game. Put the kid in a position where he or she can succeed playing a game. The money will come if the value is there. Wait. Be patient. And understand that there are more important things at play than your immediate ability to go cash checks based upon your kid's talent. My God. When did... And and I what I don't understand is why uh, Brian Bowen Sr., isn't being castigated publicly for that greed and exercising that greed. What a horrible, horrible example of fatherhood he represents and, and what he did. And, and a lot of people say, well, yeah, I mean, the, kid, the kid's worth money to Adidas and Louisville basketball, so go get your money. Go get paid. There are different ways to get paid, and there are different ways to be a father than to have your money out and take a sack of cash in exchange for your kids' services. 
The Indianapolis Motor Speedway, they, they still haven't announced whether they're going to lift their blackout of the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500, and I'm tired of it. Number one, it's predatory toward fans who want to watch this race. 135,000 fans are going to be allowed at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway to watch. Things been sold out. On a normal day, when there's no COVID, the Indianapolis 500 draws upwards of 300,000 people for a day of fun at 16th and Georgetown in Speedway, Indiana. Because of COVID, like I said, it's 135,000. The race has been sold out for a long time to that 135,000 person level. There are a lot of people in central Indiana who want to watch the Indianapolis 500. Why make that harder for people than it has to be? It's absurd. This blackout is idiotic from every perspective. It does not cause an increase in gait, and it couldn't this year anyway. It does not cause an influx in interest in the race locally. It makes no business sense whatsoever, and Roger Penske is a hell of a lot smarter than this. For God's sake, lift the blackout, not just for this year, but do it permanently, and make this uh, a weekend of great fun in central Indiana where we celebrate the Indianapolis Motor Speedway even if we can't attend the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the Indy 500. Make it easy for people to fall in love with your event and want to attend it instead of more difficult. How hard is this? This is Business 101. It's Media 101. The, the broadcast of the Indianapolis 500 is a love letter to the Indianapolis 500. Kids all around central Indiana, they'll sit and they'll watch part of the race and they'll think, this is unbelievably cool. I got to go to there. But you know what? The, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, they want to make it more difficult. They want people to go to there without ever experiencing it on TV. They say, no, it's not a blackout. It's a delayed broadcast for that night. Do you know what that means to a 16-year-old? It means that event doesn't exist. What the hell do they want to sit around and watch a race that was held seven hours ago be run? It doesn't make sense. This just, this... I get very impatient with people who behave illogically. I got to tell you the truth. And, and Doug Bowles and uh, Miles and Melanchthon and Penske and all of these people, they're way too smart to subscribe to this idiocy of a blackout, the last remaining live local blackout in American sports. It's the last one. You know how many people go to the Kentucky Derby? Uh, what, 135,000 roughly go, and, and they don't really even sell out. They just keep taking money for tickets as people pour into the infield. And does the Derby being on TV keep people from going to the Derby? Of course it doesn't. How about the last Major League Sports live local blackout? That was the Chicago Blackhawks, for God's sake. Do you know what happened when the blackout was lifted at the United Center for Blackhawk, Blackhawk games in the city of Chicago? Attendance went through the roof. They went from attracting like six, 7,000 people to a Blackhawks game to filling that place at 24,000 for hockey. You know why? Because it was on TV. And for people 
12 to 34, if it ain't on TV, it doesn't exist. Let's not be stupid. For God's sake, wake up, smell the coffee, and do the right thing, both for fans and for the business. This is a win, 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 win. There's winning everywhere if you lift the blackout. And there's losing everywhere if you don't. And if you don't do it quickly, people aren't going to have parties to watch. They're going to enjoy what's going to be a beautiful Sunday. It doesn't cause any expansion of gate receipts whatsoever. Zero. My goodness. Oh, let's celebrate some birthdays. John Truitt, happy birthday. Chance uh, Court, happy birthday. Or Cavett. Uh, Dave Yoder, happy birthday. Lori Carr, happy birthday. Deborah Heilman, the great stormy morning celebrating a birthday. Speaking of parties, I'll tell you what, stormy morning is a one-woman party. Uh, Greg Lewin, happy birthday. The great Mark Monteith, happy birthday. I haven't seen Mark in far too long. Uh, Ryan Moore, the great Stully, Brian Stull celebrating a birthday. Mark Pay, happy birthday. Robert Johnson, Mark Schilling, and the great Ari Schifrin, happy birthday. Thank you very much, John. I appreciate it. You can hear the, uh, the cicadas. Cicadas are everywhere. Uh, but they don't really wake up until about midday. And then they're like me when I was in college. And then it is a cacophony back here. It's about as loud as a jet airplane back here with cicadas. So what are you going to do? You live through it. We go through it once every 17 years. It's just fine. Later today, Inside Indiana Sports Now, I'm going to yell about a whole bunch more stuff. That's what we do. Yesterday's Inside Indiana Sports Now was, uh, I enjoyed it. We, we had uh, Carson Wentz. His media availability from yesterday was on it. We present it in the form of an interview because that's fun. So there you go. Anyway, this afternoon, talked about Dan Dockich a little bit. I think it's important to talk about Dan Dockich a little bit. I think he's one of the most misunderstood guys in Indiana sports media and maybe this country's sports media. Uh, we'll talk about stuff this afternoon. Can't wait to talk to you then.